The following podcast may contain mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. What's going on? This is Glenn, and welcome to the Glenn Thing Stuff podcast. Why did I just say everybody like that? It sounded weird. But I'm not going to start over because I really don't care. How you guys doing? Welcome. Thank you for checking me out today. I have a really good podcast for you today. I actually have a guest coming up on the Glenn Thinks Up podcast. So, yeah, I'm getting all fancy-smancy up in here. But before I get into that, I wanted to talk to you about something that I'm pretty psyched up about today that I just wanted to record this intro on the day that I was thinking about it because I didn't want to lose the thoughts that I had. And I'm definitely not going to write them down and go by any kinds of notes. You should know that by now. But uh, what I wanted to talk about real quick in my introduction, and then we can get into the fun things, uh, is potential like potential. And I've been thinking about potential today and my potential today. And um, it's kind of been on and off my mind throughout the day today. And I was thinking about what is my potential? You know, what is like, if I maxed out my potential, what would that look like? You know, and I tried to think of people that just maxed out their potentials, right? And when I think about potentials, I think about like being the best that you can be at what you want to do. Okay, and so I came to the realization that I don't think that very many people max out their potential, right, or even scratch the surface, you know, of their potential, you know, which is really sad. It's a sad thought to think about that. And um, I was like, well, how do you know, you know, if you're reaching your potential. And I was thinking about, well, what are you what are you passionate about? What am I passionate about? You know, what are things that I want to do, but there's some kind of fear associated with those things, right? And I was thinking about this because lately a lot of things have been coming together for me. And I'm not saying that to brag and I'm not saying that to gloat because things coming together for me to some people might not be that big of a deal. Like in your life, the things that are coming together in my life right now might not be that big of a deal to somebody else. You know what I mean? But there are certain things um, that, there's one thing in particular that I've been working on for a few years, about three years I've been working on this thing slowly, right? And now I'm to the point where it's, really looking like I can take a big step, you know, towards something that I've slowly been working towards for a few years. And that just makes me excited. That makes me really happy. Uh, it kind of gives me a satisfaction, you know, when, when I work for something and then it starts to happen or it has the potential to happen, you know, and I was thinking about what stops me from doing more things like this and more areas of my life, right? And I think that routine contributes, you know? I think that when you get, when you grow up, you know, when you're young, a lot of your life, or at least to me, a lot of my life was like I imagined everything I wanted to do, everywhere I wanted to go, you know, like 
that's just how I was. I imagined all these like big dreams, but then you get into life and you get into this grind and it's repetitive, you know, even when you're young, when you have these things that repeat themselves every day, be it school, you know, be it playing with friends, be it riding your bike, whatever you do, you might have a little routine, but everything's still new. Like life is more fresh, you know, and I think that the longer that you live, when you grow up, you need to try to hang on to that freshness. <laughs> That's just the worst way to describe it. Maybe you know what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is you need to hang on to that innocence and that wonder. I've talked about that before. Um, because when you're older, it's so easy to get caught up in routine and you're like, I've done this 100 million times and you just go with the flow, you know, and you waste time, you know, and I, I guess like hobbies and stuff like that aren't really a waste of time if that's what you enjoy doing, but you shouldn't sell yourself short. If there's something that you want to do, you should go for it. You know, you should make a plan to get to where you want to be and you should go for it. And if there's risk in, risks involved, you should like look at the risks and not let fear not let fear dictate your steps, you know? Maybe logic would be a better thing to use than fear, you know? Because if you're logical about something that you want to do, then, you know, you can come up with an intelligent way to get to where you want to be, you know, and never, ever, ever let fear be a driving force. That's something that I try to pay close attention to in my life is when I see fear, I try to look at it from every angle and be like, oh, that's just fear. That is dumb. You know, and I'm, I, I don't think that I'll ever reach my full potential, you know, but I'm going to try to step more out into the unknown and do things that I've never done before and experience things that I've never experienced before to get a result that that I want to get, you know? And I'm not talking about, like, you shouldn't do that in every area of your life, you know? You, you shouldn't because some things are bad to do. <laughs> you know, if you're like, I want to reach my full potential from doing drugs, that's probably not, like, a good idea if that's your passion. You know, you need to find another passion if that's your passion. You know, but there is, like, there is some kind of order in the universe. I believe that. You know, I, I think that... I don't think... I think some things are inevitably just the way that they are, and they're going to happen the way that they're going to happen. But... You know, you can look at the food chain. You can look at how time is set up. You know, there is a certain order, you know. And so that means, like, if I want to get from this point to that point, that I need to do things in a certain order and, you know, to get the result that I want. And this might sound so dumb and so stupid, you know, but it's something that I was thinking about a lot today. I think that we set our own potential, you know, like we set the ceiling on our own potential. I don't think that it's like really predetermined, you know. Maybe maybe there's certain things like physical limitations, you know, because you can't just say, you know, I'm, I have a handicap and I want to be, you know, the best basketball player that ever lives. You know, I guess that you have to set some kind of... Um, you have to set goals that are realistic, you know, but I think you're the master of your own potential, you know, if that makes sense. 
if that makes any sense at all. But I have a really cool podcast for you people today. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, I know that there's not very many podcasts. I know that it's slim pickings when it comes to podcasts. You know, but I'm glad that of the 10 that exist that you chose mine. But hang tight. I'm going to play my intro and we'll get into it. All right, guys and gals, before I get into the podcast today, I have a promo to run um, for a podcast called True Paranormal, the podcast. And what I like about this podcast, anybody that knows me knows that I'm fascinated with paranormal. I like to read about paranormal events and happenings. Um, Some stuff I believe in, some stuff I don't believe in and some stuff there's just like a mystery that surrounds it so I really like hearing other people talk about you know this stuff it's it's just fascinating to listen to Leo has an awesome podcast here's the promo do you have an experience with the paranormal do you have an event in your life that just can't be explained do your interests lie somewhere other than the mundane day-to-day events of everyday life My name is Leo Rizzuti. I am the host of True Paranormal, the podcast. Every week, we explore such areas as hauntings, poltergeists, doppelgangers, cryptozoology, haunted history, and demonic entities. We share listener stories, interview investigators, authors, and try to get the answers that a lot of folks are looking for based on decades of investigative experience. Connect with us on Twitter at TrueParaPodcast to share your experiences and be part of the show. And check out our broadcast every week on podcast.com slash trueparanormalthepodcast. All right, definitely check out his podcast and uh, you won't be disappointed that you did because when have I ever steered you wrong? Don't answer that question, but now won't be one of those cases. All right, so today, pretty much what you're going to get to hear is uh, my guest, and my guest is actually one of the lovely co-hosts from Our True Crime Podcast. Um, It's like the go-to podcast for true crime, in my opinion. And um, Jen, I had Cam on a couple weeks ago, and now I am interviewing the other half of the hosting Um, of, well, man, I wrecked that sentence, but I'm interviewing the other host. It's like I got, have you ever gotten to the middle of the sentence and you just panic and you're like, I don't know what to do here, but, uh, that's what I did, but I'm not going to start over, man. Do you know how much work it is to just like start from the beginning? But anyway, pretty much what you're going to hear is, uh, just a conversation because I'm not an interviewer guy. I'm not, like, that's just not me. That's not my personality. And, you know, there's an awkwardness about me that uh, I think will come out in this um, in this phone call. But I like talking to, pe- to different people about different stuff. And I did hit Jen with some some heavy stuff that I've been thinking about, you know, but she, she was just like a pleasure to talk to. And it was a lot of fun. It was like early this morning. 
um, when we spoke on the phone. And it, it's just like, I feel like I've known this lady, you know, for a long time. And, you know, I thank you, Jen, for coming on to my podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Jen. Hey, Glenny. How are you? I'm living the American dream. That's what I'm doing. You are? Wait. <laughs> yes. So am I. Every um, day. Every okay. day. <laughs> so thank you for coming on my podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. Very I'm pretty. Ex- I'm very excited. You are. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I'm excited. I'm sitting well, here in my car watching a squirrel go past a house or shed or something here in the city. So it's kind of fun. Well, that's probably more exciting than anything that will happen today. Uh, I don't know. It's still only yet. You got? Didn't you say you got a free drink somewhere at McDonald's today? Yeah, I got a free drink. My day started very good. I guess I walked in and they just felt sorry for me, so I got a no. free drink. They know you're a star. They saw you and they're like, oh, my God, that is Glenn. Well, I offered to sign an autograph, drink. but they said, nah, we're good. Oh, okay. I'm thinking you're signing autographs everywhere. How have you been? I've been good. I've been well. Good. I'm glad to hear it. We've been missing you on Twitter. But I totally understand the break. It's fun not to do that, you know? Yeah. I've I've really enjoyed not doing that at all, really. <laughs> it gets you down, doesn't it? It does. You have all these people saying stuff everywhere all the time, so mm-hmm. that's all that I end up thinking about, and then I don't think the stuff that I need to think for my podcast. Exactly. So. I get that. I All right. Before before we get into this, because I'm scatterbrained and mm-hmm. I'll forget, I want to talk about our true crime podcast. All right, I can okay. do that. I know a little bit about it. A little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So that is you and your co-host Ham's podcast, and it yep. comes out every Wednesday, right? Yeah, with some fail, but yes, every Wednesday, sometime during the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you talk about different. True, true true crime cases, most of which I've never even heard of a lot of these people. I think the latest episode was about the farmer in the jail, right? Right, yeah. I wanted to name it Farmer in the Jail, but she didn't want to give it away. So, yeah. <laughs> it was about blood on the plow. Yeah. That's that was right. our latest one with the uh, farming crisis, which, if you pay attention to the news, that's kind of happening again. Okay. In this day and age. So it's kind of relevant to what we're going through now. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Well, what made you want to get into doing a true crime podcast? Did you listen to other true crime podcasts or are you just, do you just have a fascination with true crime? Always loved true crime. Uh, Cam and I have been friends since we were 12. So we always had the fascination with horror movies, true crime, all that stuff. And uh, let's see, what else? See, I'm very scatterbrained. I'm usually good when you edit, but I know you don't edit. Um, <laughs> and I didn't sure, take my meds today. Yeah. So um, we've just always been in, fascinated with true crime, horror movies, all that kind of stuff. And then Two, three years ago, we found something called CrimeCon, this new 
thing that was going to happen with everybody that loves true crime and all that kind of and um Camille signed us up without me knowing and we went and part of the attraction at CrimeCon is podcasters that are podcasts that do true crime. So while we were there and I had never listened to a podcast before and Camille wanted to know what was going on, so she was listening to all this true crime. So we were driving to Indianapolis where this was and Camille's like, uh, I really think we should do these podcast things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I have the time, all this kind of stuff. And then two years later, we were still discussing it, and we went to the last crime con. And I'm like, you know what? We can do it. If we can, you know, you talk to these podcasters. They're easy to go. You just walk. They're people, right? So you go up and you talk to them, and they're nice, and they discuss things with you and tell you how to go about it you know, nice folk. And we're like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And so then Camille started dragging her feet. And so finally I'm like, I'm ordering this stuff now. And then we ordered it. And that day we started podcasting. And as you can tell by our earlier episodes, we have no clue what we're doing. Our sound is awful, um, but we have fun. So that's that's how we pretty much got it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, podcasters are kind of a weird bunch, but a lot of them are super supportive. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a lot of really great people doing this. Other podcasters really helpful. I mean, there are some that are like, oh, I'm not going to share my secrets with you. You know, this is, I do this, but I'm not going to tell you how to do it. And then there are others that are just like, oh, sure, here's what I do. Or this is, you know, this is how you can improve here or how you can improve there. There's so many, especially with true crime, there's so much to talk about, unfortunately. There's no reason to hide your secrets, right? Right. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. That's a good thing if you have a podcast, like, and you have an abundance of material, yeah. Right. Well, you do, too, with your thoughts there's a whole bunch of things you can dunk right (laughs) right (laughs) so what do you think that like just personally Mm -hmm. your fascination is because when i listen to like i'll be honest with you our true crime podcast is like the only true crime podcast that i listen to regularly right and because like a lot of the details I've got to take in small doses because if it's a horror Mm. movie or if it's something like that, it's not so bad because I'm like, ah, that's fake, you know, but all of these gruesome details and then ones with kids involved and like, I I just can't imagine like doing that, you know, putting that in my head constantly, but it's such a trend right now and people seem to love it. So how do you, I mean, what is the appeal really to you? I don't know. Like I said, I've been interested in it ever since I was little. I I remember Camille coming over to spend the night one night only because Helter Skelter was on cable. And, you know, cable was kind of like a new thing in our area, and we had it. And we had the channel, I think, that was on, and Cam didn't. And so she came over to spend the night so we could watch Helter Skelter. Um, And, gosh, we had to be 12, 13, not very old at all. It's just always fascinated. I I think it's just how people have the ability to do something as horrible as taking someone else's life for 
really no reason. Does that make sense? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't understand, and I don't understand how they can do it. So I guess I want to watch it to see why, or you know, if there is a reason. Are they just crazy? I don't know. It just fascinates me. That makes and the sense. cases, the cases I'm drawn to, are the cases that scare me the most. Um, I do a lot of stuff with kids because that's really what scares me. I can't imagine having to go through what some of these people have gone through with losing a child in such a violent way. Oh yeah, that's horrible. It's it's horrible and it scares the hell out of me and I think that's why I'm drawn to it. I, I know that sounds strange, but that's my biggest fear is someone taking my kids away from me. Some days I kind of want it, but <clears throat> not really. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's it's it scares me. So I guess okay. I feel if I talk about it enough, it'll not happen. I don't know. Oh. That that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so have you have you covered have you covered your favorite case yet, or what is your favorite case? I really don't have a favorite case. I mean, I find them all fascinating in some way or another. But um, I do think the Angie Houseman and the Gina Brooks case fascinates me. That was number nine. We just had okay. it remastered, so you can go listen to it if you would like to. Our sound was so horrible on that one. We're actually we're paying somebody to do our sound on all of our episodes now, so people can actually hear it and enjoy it. Um, wow! I know. Fun. Can you imagine? Um, who knew that people had to hear your podcast to enjoy it? But uh, Angie Houseman is a case here in St. Louis. I think I was like 21 when she disappeared. Disappeared right off the school bus. She only lived about two blocks away from the school bus, uh, for the bus stop, and she just disappeared. And she was found like nine days later tied to a tree. Her hair had been cut and um, dyed. She had huge slashes in her wrists, like that took the tendons out. Oh, Lord. And, um, she was found by hunters, and if the hunters would have found her about two hours earlier, she would have been alive. Mm-hmm. So they've never found out who's t- who's taken her, or who took her, I should say. And right now, there's a petition going around to get the familia, I can't even say it, familia, the, the DNA, right. run it through like the Golden State Killer, like through the Ancestry, the 23andMe DNA test. To see if they can find out who did it. Wow. So, mm-hmm. Wow. Oh well, that's horrible. So, it's like, absolutely horrible. <laughs> I know. Not, <laughs> let's not talk about those here. things anymore. No. Um. So, if anybody wants to hear our true crime podcast, it's the only. It has the Glenn Thing stuff seal of approval, and you can just Woo-hoo. Google it or search it on all your favorite podcasters, and you will find it. Yeah. All right. So um, something that I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about, because I know that you're a parent and I'm a parent, and it's like the best, most fulfilling, probably toughest job that I've ever mm-hmm. had. I always say love of my life, bane of my existence, but yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so 
what has been your like the biggest joy of being a parent for you? Seeing them blossom into they're starting they're preteens now. I have a twelve year old and a ten year old. And just seeing them come from being these little mousy, kinda shy girls. Well, my youngest one's never been shy. But just kind of blossoming into their own person and having their own likes and dislikes and just being them, you know, not caring about what other people think and loving the stuff they love without other people having to tell them to like that. You know, like they're not – the youngest one still has a way to go, but the oldest is now discovering that she doesn't have to follow the rest of the crew, that she can be herself. And uh, she doesn't want to dress like everybody else. She wants to do, you know, like right now here, vans, the uh, Spicoli vans are huge right now in this area. Everybody has to have them. Well, she got vans, but she made sure that they were totally different than what everybody else has. And so that, I like that. She likes to stand out a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I that's like one of, that's pretty proud. That makes me proud because I was always kind of a follower. And if I could do it again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be one. I'd march to my own drum. That's right. You know, it's cool. much more fun. <laughs> What, what about you? Uh, what made you proud? Hmm. I think that I don't know. I think just the honesty that that my kids have um, with yeah. me and the relationship that we have, and uh, I don't know. They just seem, especially my oldest. Um, he's fourteen. He's just making a lot better decisions than I made when I was 14 Mm -hmm. and he has his priorities in order and just the, the fact that he can come to me and, you know, be honest with me about something that's going on. And I don't know, it is kind of like you, you said, seeing them blossom into their own person, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's this kind of nervousness I think that I have as a parent, you know, like, Oh yeah. Once they get a little bit older, you're just like, you better not do anything stupid because it will follow you forever. Forever. um, And with the Internet now, it's such – that's what's scary because they don't understand that whatever you put out there, it's never going to go away. It might – you might think it's going to go away, but it doesn't. It's always out there somewhere. And we always warn them, man, just be careful what you say, what you do, because it will come back to haunt you. You know, right. So. Well, I mean, I think that I think that being connected, I think that kids being connected nowadays, it, it's just totally different than from mm-hmm. when we were younger because because it seems like they're exposed to so much more, oh, so much, more. much earlier. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just I mean that causes them to see that the world is not always the best place. Right. <laughs> and, exactly. And I mean they're exposed to a lot of stuff you know, through friends or, you know, other things that that I just didn't have to deal with until mm-hmm. I was 
I mean, he's dealing with stuff that I didn't deal with till I was 16 or 17 years old. Right. So, but I mean, oh. yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely awesome to see them come into their own. Mhm. Yeah. Well, what, we watch I'll those internet so, so much. You know, my daughter loves to make videos, and we always, like you cannot live stream anything. You can't. And then today she's like, I'm gonna live stream this one thing. She, I only have one follower, and I'm like, Well, who's your follower? And she goes, Charles Manson. And I'm like, Excuse me, or Charlie Manson is what she said. <laughs> and I'm like, What? Charlie Manson? And she's like, Yeah. And I'm like, no, what? And I like, let me see. And she, it's Nansen, N-A-N, Nansen, because she was saying Manson. And she's like, well, who's Charlie Manson? And I'm like, oh, honey, <laughs> you scared oh, me. Lord. Yeah. So it was. It's this little girl by she's like eight or something. But yeah, scared the hell out of me. I think Charles Manson got way more um, famous than he deserved to get because he didn't kill anybody, did he? Uh, that we know of. I mean, there's rumors that he did, but he uh, was a very, he was a cult, uh, what am I trying to say, a cult uh, leader. He led his own cult, so I guess that made him dangerous on his own. And plus, it was I think it was the first time with all the media attention that that, it, that his Killings happened with. I, I can't even form a sentence this morning, Glenn. I'm sorry. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You'll edit it. <laughs> You'll get it in post, right? Yes, I'm. Yeah, I just think he. It was the first time something like that had happened, and it happened to rich white people, and it went nuts. You know, there was a another murderer in. Canada at the time, at the same time we covered him, his name was Dale Merle Nelson, and he did so much worse. Well, I can't compare deaths, let's put it that way, but Dale's rampage was more horrific, I believe, than Charles Manson's was, That, um, but it didn't make any headlines because Charlie's, they killed movie stars, you know, and the American... America's love their movie stars. Right. Mhm. Well, that was a weird rabbit hole. Let's get back. Yeah, sorry. Get back. No, that's fine. See, this I, is how our I, true crime podcast runs. We get off subject a lot, so that's usually why our bloopers are longer than our um, actual episodes. Well, I took us down the rabbit hole. So, what um, what do you think that the biggest challenge is? about being a parent? Mm. Everything is a challenge, <laughs> um, especially with the teenage years coming upon me with two girls. Those hormones are surging. So one day you can joke about something and then 10 minutes later joke about it again and I am the worst mother in the world. Uh just it's walking on eggshells right now with the whole uh, attitude. So that's my challenge right now is to try to keep everybody calm. <laughs> you know, the other day at lunch, we were sitting there just talking and all of a sudden the oldest gets up and goes to the, her room and I hear her crying. So I go in there and I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, nothing, nothing is wrong. And she's like, do 
tears. And I'm like, you want to talk about it? She's like, how can I talk about nothing when nothing's wrong? And I'm like, okay. Yeah, if you need me, just come talk to me. I'm always ready to listen. And then within 15 minutes, I heard her on her phone just laughing, having a good time. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So that's the challenge. Um, Also, they're having to deal with friendships. Their friendships are getting more complicated. And girls are not the nicest creatures. I can um, see that. Yeah, so it it's tough. You know, one day they're besties with this one girl, and then the next day this one girl saying horrible, mean things about them behind their back, and it's that's hard. That's a challenge. So I guess personal relationships, dealing with their personal relationships is hard. My girls are really good kids. I I don't want to brag or anything, but they're really good kids. They're straight A students. They really don't get into trouble. Um, if they could keep their rooms clean, they'd absolutely be perfect. <laughs> well, I can't even do that. So no, I'm not that great at it either. <laughs> but I'm just lazy. So. Uh, what about yours? What do you think? What's your most difficult part? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, he's the teenagers are really good. He's really good. He's a really good kid, but I guess the little witty, um, because when kids become teenagers, they become geniuses, and mm-hmm. you know parents aren't so smart anymore, so they they feel the need to share all of their newly found wisdom with you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I totally remember that. I thought mm-hmm. that my parents were stupid, and I was so smart. And let me let me tell you something, and you know, I've really. I really know how my parents feel now because when you're young, like grownups kind of seem kind of stupid to you, but they just don't care. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they've just given up and they're like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I've given up on my life. So mm-hmm. say what you need to say. But I mean, I, I can't complain. He's really, he's really not that, you know, good. But I mean, sometimes I wish he would just eat his supper instead of bestowing all his knowledge upon me. <laughs> what? I get that. Well, but, you know, I remember being at that age, too, and, like, having problems with boys, and Lord forbid I go to my mother to talk about it, because what does she know about dealing with boys? What, you know, she would never have any, she wouldn't know anything about relationships. I mean, she was married and divorced and then remarried, but why... How would she know about that? You know, I that's and that's so dumb thinking I could have instead of just internally struggling with it, why didn't I speak to my parents about it? Why did I think that they, I w- they were so stupid that they wouldn't understand? Well, I think you know? it's part of the it's part of growing up, you know, yeah. going through that. Yeah, it's just so dumb. Yeah, luckily my girls so far talked to me about everything, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll roll the dice. Yeah, I mean, and we always try to be open. Like, we talk about things, and and my husband gets so upset with some of the stuff that I talk about in front of my kids. But um, nothing that anybody needs to call the Division of Family Services about, by the way. But um, just I try to be open so they know that they can talk about things. Like, 
sex or their bodies or those taboo subjects that were so awful when I was growing up to talk about, you know, that I just want them to know that whatever they need to talk about, to ask that I would rather them get their information from me than going on the internet to get it from somebody that probably doesn't know anything, you know, or from friends with the wrong information. Well, I was raised kind of in a June Cleaver, Jude and Ward Cleaver type environment, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot of things on my own. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really, I am really open with him about pretty much everything. Uh-huh. Any, I mean, all the subjects because I just oh, think yeah. that it's, it's like a lot of times, um, a lot of times I just let them know that I know what's going on, you know. Like mm-hmm. I was listening to, we were listening to, um, we were listening to a sports podcast. Um, uh, I was taking them to a doctor's appointment, and we had a sports podcast on. And I mean, they started to use a lot of profanity in the mm-hmm. podcast, so I just turned it off. And then I just looked at him, and I was like, "Well, you probably heard worse than that at school today, didn't you?" Yeah. And he just looked at me like, how did you know that, Dad? <laughs> I know. I know. And how we do with profanity, it's like we know you're going to say it. But the more you cuss and the more you use that, the more uneducated you sound. Right. Like it's okay to use it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with using it. But when you use the F word in every other on every other word you you don't sound smart <laughs> you right. know you there's other words that you, use. you know <laughs> but it works just, for everything mom i know if you're just <laughs> using it like um an extra like an extra ice cream topping on your to spice up your language that makes you sound common <laughs> does that make sense right yeah, it, it's just because when you get into the real world, you can't use that all the time. You you can't go into a job and use that language. You need to find other ways to express yourself. And it's, True that. Yeah. You know, so we're like, we know you're going to use it. You cannot use it around us. We would like you not to use it ever. But then, you know, I curse. He curses. So we can't really... Yeah, but we can make them not do it around us, let's put it that way, or around any other adults. Don't curse at job interviews. If if anyone's listening, that is the thing that you need to take away from this podcast. And, you know, you were raised by June Cleaver. My mom and dad got divorced when I was 10, or I'm sorry, when I was 12. That's actually how Camille and I became friends because her parents divorced the same went through the same day as my parents' divorce went through. Mm. And um, my mom kind of relived her – they married – my parents married right after high school, so my mom relived her early 20s. And I and I keep having to remember, she was young. She was 34, I think, when they got divorced, something like that. So she was, like, reliving this early 20s. So by the time I was 12 until I moved out, she was always gone on weekends. I pretty much raised myself. So 
I didn't have really anybody to talk to any of that stuff with. You know what I mean? And when she was there, there wasn't any way I was going to talk about it because I wasn't that close with her. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Not to have a little pity party or anything, but that's just how it was. But Cam was there, right? Oh, yeah. Like since age 12. We've been buddies ever since. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. I don't have any childhood friends like that that I've kept up with. I yeah, think that's I, th- sweet. I think it's kind of rare. Um, we also have another friend that we've been – I've been friends with her since sixth grade. Camille's been friends with her since they were in first grade, I believe. It's still pretty close with them. She and Camille are still really close. Camille talks to her more than I do, but, yeah, just those friendships don't – happen very often. No, they don't. Yeah. All right, so let me move it along. Okay. Um if you well since this is this is all totally unrelated stuff that I okay. have because that's what I do. I if like you could <laughs> if you could trade places for with like anybody in the world for one day and and live somebody else's life, Ooh. who would you trade places with? The first person that popped into my head, and it's somebody that I totally despised, so I don't know why I'd even do it, but Kim Kardashian. Don't ask me why. (laughs) The first person that popped into my head, Kim Kardashian, because who wouldn't want to live a Kardashian life for one day? I don't want to live a Kardashian life for one day. That sounds terrible. You don't want to have everything available to you at your fingertips for one day. No, and I would tell you why. Because okay. if I traded place with Kim Kardashian for one for one day, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Kanye is going to come home. Oh, so. I know. <laughs> so, I know. How about Kim Kardashian when Kanye's overseas? <laughs> I don't think that I would do that. I think that if yeah. I was like, if I was Kim Kardashian for one day, I think that I would just like delete all my my social media accounts. You'd almost have to, wouldn't you? And shave my head. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why she popped in my head, but that's who popped in. That was my first thought, so I went with it. That's hilarious. I don't know. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. She just popped it. So maybe I love to hate Kim. I don't know. I don't even follow her close enough to know what her life is like on a daily basis. I just know uh, that she got famous for for nothing. Videos Camille likes to watch and um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, you know. So I don't really know much about her. Well, that's cool. That took a totally different direction than I yeah. thought it would. Yeah, what, who were you thinking I'd say? I don't know. I had no yeah. idea. I thought yeah. it would be like some deep person that could make a difference somewhere. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Like the, no. like I'd, I thought it'd be the president or something. Oh, not God, to no. get not to get political. Not but. to get political. Yeah, no, no, not the president. Not uh, if Ruth or Ruth Gordon Bader. Uh, no, I just Kim popped in my head. I have no idea. Now I'm embarrassed. Sorry. No, I'm that's sure hilarious. I left everybody. Yeah, not Gandhi. No, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just wanted to be some kind of vacuous brain for a while. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. What about you? Who would you be? Hmm. I would be the guy that was the CEO of like the Jet Puff Marshmallow Factory. And uh-huh. I would just walk around yelling at people all day for not making pretty marshmallows. And I would uh-huh. eat a lot of marshmallows. Uh-huh. And then I would just wake up and be myself again. And that's who I would trade places with probably. Wow. But wouldn't it be more fun to like get a great big bag of marshmallows and just throw them at people randomly? Well, see, yeah, I could do that. Them. I could do that and like... I could get one of those marshmallow guns, and nobody ah, could yeah. say anything to me because I mm-hmm. would be like the Michael Scott of the marshmallow factory, <laughs> and I could just do whatever I wanted for a day. And then I think that that would be hilarious. They'd be like, what? Of all the people you could have traded with, you picked the Jet Puff guy? The Jet Puff guy? Hey, I think that's great. Heck yeah. I wish I would have. I'd... Yours is better than mine. Well, no. See, we're both kind of on the same level. We both yeah. are – People that would not like to make the world a better place. We just want to have fun. Hey, yeah, why not? Think of ourselves and just, yeah. Why would you want to work if you could trade with anybody else, you know? That's true. I don't want to trade places to do hard stuff. No, exactly. I just want to We leave that every day, yeah. Amuse myself at the expense of everyone around me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Welcome so this to Corporate America. This is something that I wanted to tackle on the podcast because it's something that I've been thinking about and talking about a lot this week. I've thought about it probably more than I think about most things. So I was like, I'm going to get Jen's take on this whole (laughs) deal. All right. So do you believe, do you believe in fate? Do you believe in like a, some things? I mean, I know, I'm not talking about something like death, you know, because that's inevitable. But do you believe in fate, like in your life, like some things are just meant to be? Yeah, of course. I do. I think things happen for a reason and people come into your life for a reason and you meet. Yeah, I totally believe that. Okay. So what do you think about, because we all have our own will, you know, like a free will that we sort of have. Okay, yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah, but you I believe you have free will, but your choices do will inevitably lead you to what you're supposed to go to. It might take longer. Like if you take a left and you're supposed to take a right, it might take you longer to get to where you're supposed to be. But you so will that, get there eventually. That's almost like you don't have a choice, though, really. If you think about it, it's like you don't even really – it's not your choice what your destiny kind of is. You know, if if fate is really real, which I'm kind of of the opinion that it is, then do you, is it really a free will that you have? How does that operate within – like, how does free will operate within fate? Because it's You're, not really free, right? This is really smart, Glenn. Um, <laughs> You're deep. Um, I I really can't answer that. I just totally believe that we... I'm religious religious-wise, 
like religion wise, I believe we're all and I'm sure this is, people are going to put me in the wackadoodle stage here, but I believe that we are destined to do things here on earth before we we have a mission to complete. Let's put it this way. We have a mission to complete. And it's almost uh, is it Buddha, Buddhism or where there's different levels before you can totally achieve enlightenment or fully live your everlasting life in heaven or whatever you believe. There's different levels and I think everything's kind of predetermined what you need to do. Like this life I need to conquer audio and podcasts. <laughs> Once I do that I you know and I, my goal is to complete that with this certain person and how I get to that certain person is my challenge. My goal. But I can do whatever I want to do to get to that goal, but that is my goal. Okay. Well, I, Does that make I sense? yes, totally. Totally that makes sense. Yeah. But like to to me I was thinking about it and it's kind of a powerless feeling when I stand back and think about it because I'm like all right, so um so if I just decide, well, you know, I just want to be a drug addict and end up dead, you know, at a young age, which I'm not saying that's what I want to do. But if I, you know, fight against what I think my fate may be, it's like you can't escape your fate at all, no matter what you do, no matter the decisions that you make, no matter um, what direction you go into, because you will arrive at the fate that you're supposed to, like you said. And that's kind of a, I don't know, it's not scary. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a powerless thought. Like, because so many people, I think that a lot of people think that they're the masters of their own destiny. You know, like right. they get to choose. But if you really sit back and think about it, which I guess I never really did until this week, it's like, no matter what you do, there's like an order in the universe and you will end up exactly where you're supposed to. And you, it's almost like you have a choice, but you don't have a choice. Does that make any sense? Yeah. You've got to make your choices within something bigger, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but if your fate is to... I don't know. Maybe can you change your fate? Isn't there, you know? And see, you're doing your fate. I'm doing it fate as, and it was fate that we met, or it was fate that um, I happened to be at a certain place at a certain time to see this happen, or that you're actually talking the whole. Your fate is. You're going the whole death route, it seems, correct? I guess so. I guess yeah. that's kind of like the grand, like the whole picture of your life is the yeah. way I'm Yeah, I don't at think it. it's like fate you get hit by a car. I don't think fate is, I don't see it as a negative term, maybe. And I think you're seeing it as a negative term. Okay. Well, then I need to see it like you see it instead. There's positive. I'm, I try to be a Pollyanna because if not, I'd slip my wrist. I mean, no, I I just can't. 
be negative. I try really hard not to be negative. Um, but, yeah, I just I see fate more as a positive thing, I guess, that it's fate that you were – I guess the only negative would be it was fate that I was at the street corner that I saw the car accident that I – you know, that I don't think is my fate as my demise or um, anything like that. I see it more as a positive. I don't think that we it's predestined to be um, a death. Like I'm predestined to die of liver disease or something. I mean, it could happen, but... So you don't think that that's already in place? No, I don't think so. Okay. Not that. I think you can always change your fate. Interesting. But okay. I don't really see that your death is already written in stone somewhere, and that's how it's going to be. I have to think about that more. Yeah, I think that I would think that it's just going to happen. I don't know, whatever, whoever rules our universe, if there is such a creature and or person entity, I don't think they have that written out. Yeah, they totally do. Haven't you watched The Good Place? Oh, I love The Good Place. <laughs> I forking love The Good Place, yes. <laughs> Kristen Bell is like one of my favorites. Totally love her. And her husband, Dax Shepard. He's great. Oh, I heard him. He was on uh he was on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast. He's yeah. Cool. He has his own podcast too. It's like the armchair or something. Okay. I don't know. But he's really funny and they're great together. So when I first heard she was like marrying him, I'm like, God, he's kind of like a loser and then you get to know him a little bit better and you're like, Wow, he's he's really cool. So mm-hmm. but yeah, they're a great couple together. But I love a good place. And no, I don't think that every that's written in stone somewhere in a book. Well, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. That's just what I believe. But I believe that you you do have certain missions and you you I believe in reincarnation. I believe and I grew up in a big Catholic, or not Catholic, but a religious household. Um we went to church every Sunday. My mom played the piano for the church. My dad did all the accounting for the church, and um, no, I don't believe all of that. I believe more of a Buddhist Hinduism type thing. Okay. Mhm. I like theology. Um, so. Well, I like to talk to people who know stuff about that, <laughs> who've done <laughs> research and just don't assume everything. I'm gonna figure no. it out by myself. Well, I have, you know, I don't hold the Bible as the end-all, be-all book of life, you know. It's a book of, it's a historical book, if anything, to me, you know. Well, what's what's the last book that you read? Uh, The last book that I read was a while ago, and it was probably some kind of horror, true crime, not true crime, or, or detective thing, and I can't even remember what it's called. It was probably something I got on the Kindle app for 99 cents. Okay. So yeah. something horrible <laughs> and terrible. 
I'm sure it had something to do about murder and them trying to find a killer or somebody was stalked and couldn't find it. But, you know, what's interesting, since I just figured this out last weekend, I watched this uh, a slasher film. It was the only thing that I could find that even seemed interesting to me. It was called He He's Here or He's Inside or something. See, I, I can't remember anything. Um, and it was about a man terrorizing a girl, a woman, and her two daughters in the house. And I could not take it. I could not watch it because I kept thinking, you know, this happens in real life. And this is terrorizing these poor kids. I, and I had to turn it off. I couldn't finish it. Uh-huh. I couldn't watch it because it was just too close to some of the cases that we have covered. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm not a very interesting guest, Glenn. Do you know what my life is like? Have you listened to my podcast before? <laughs> I have. I love your podcast. Good Lord. Every other I week, I'm like, it. oh, I was in the bank. And uh, <laughs> it's like a 90-year-old man's life is what I do. <laughs> Boy, right. it's, like, it's like taking the most mundane, boring stuff and be like, oh, I'm going to tell you a story about the bank. <laughs> I did that twice, and I was like, what are you doing, Glenn? This is like your second bank. So I was at the bank, and the thing happened. Now, when you start talking about how your knee hurts, when you're saying, hey, Glenn, how are you? And you're like, oh, well, my knees are acting up again. Then you know you're an old man. So you've you've got some time. I, I think there's a, at least five or six years before the bank to the knees. Uh, did you ever think your life would be this glamorous when you were a teenager? Um, I I don't know. As a later <laughs> thing, I think that I thought I would just die young and burn. Oh. And die. But uh, I don't know. I never I never thought that I'd be a parent. I never thought that I would be in dance classes and buying cat <laughs> shoes and you know stuff like uh-huh. that. That's fun, I, isn't it? Uh, it is. I wouldn't mm-hmm. trade it. I yeah. Wouldn't trade it. That's, I mean, I well, would trade the bill if I could, like, not uh, have to pay for all of these expensive things. That'd be cool. But I long for the days that it was just expensive. You know, dance is really expensive. We um, went that route with my youngest one, and I have to say, thank God she quit because their recital. You know how you you go to the recital and it's usually an hour long, and your kid dances and they get off stage. Oh yeah. The place that we went to. You had to sit through the entire school's recital, each class, each tap class, each jazz class, ages three to four tap, ages three to four ballet. Yeah. I'm not lying when I said it was about five hours long. And Come on, my kid's in one class. I just want to see her dance. I don't care about anybody else's kids. Sorry. Your kids are dumb. I don't. Yeah. I don't. But they they like held our kids hostage. Like they could not leave during the entire time. What so I find had... myself doing is when they're on stage doing all the stuff, uh-huh. I'll sit there and look at all of them and count them and calculate all the money that's on the stage. <laughs> like I'd be like, You're man, that cost a few thousand dollars right there. No. No, what happened is my husband and I started playing word games on the computer. So we be oh I think that says think you know like crossword puzzles and stuff we just didn't even pay attention oh lord we just zoned out we didn't even bring the oldest one because it couldn't 
take hearing her complain about it. Because we were complaining enough, you know. I mean, I'm not going to say that I downloaded a Word game app on my phone before the last recital. I'm not (laughs) even going to say that. Wink, wink. Uh Uh-huh. I know. Or a match three or some other kind of mind-numbing game. Yeah. Well, so my youngest quit dance, thank goodness. And she's now doing this aerial thing with the silks that you can – it's basically pre-circus performer works. <laughs> That's cool. Where, yeah, but it's really expensive. It's more expensive than tap. And um, we're talking $200 for six sessions. Good Lord. Yeah, and she loves it. And it's at the point now where that's – if you don't clean your room – we're not signing this up. If you don't do chores, you know, you can either get an allowance or we will pay for this or, and you can pay for it through your allowance because it's, it's so expensive. So what and you're she saying wants to do other stuff. You're purchasing your child's obedience. Exactly. <laughs> well, you got to do what you got to do. You have to. I mean, that's the only thing that will keep her, um, in line is to either take this away or take her social social life doesn't do it. This is the kid that if she got in trouble when she was little, I couldn't send her to her room because she would have too much fun in her room. Aww. So she would have to sit in a chair in the living room without the TV on and just be still. That was her punishment as a kid. That's torture. Yeah. Because any other thing... If she was able to get up and go into a room or whatever, she would find something that she would have fun, and that's not the point of, you know, punishment, I guess. You know, she loves to go into a room. You know, she'd try on new outfits and play with makeup and, (laughs) you know. Whereas my other kid, that if she was the oldest one, if she even thought she'd get into trouble, she's like, I'm going into my room. You know, she knew. I'll go into my room now. But she's also the kid that put herself to bed when she was tired. Wow. Mm-hmm. What's that like? <laughs> it's it's amazing. I mean, at one day, we're <laughs> such good parents. We were in this big conversation. She, my oldest was like three at the time. We're talking about something, and all of a sudden, my husband goes, where'd she go? And they, we searched the house, and we couldn't find her. And then he goes in the bedroom, and she's already asleep in bed, tucked in, everything. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The youngest one, some nights we just had to let her drop where she laid, just let her sleep where she laid. She wouldn't go into her room. She'd throw fits, but we'd just let her play until she dropped. Huh. Because it was easier. Nothing wrong with that. See, people are going to call Department of Family Services on me from talking <laughs> No, they're not. That's a bad parent. Because only three people are going to hear this. <laughs> no, Charles you Manson is one of them. Charles Manson, and he's <laughs> dead. So, yeah. They play my they play my uh, podcast in the other place. Well, maybe not the other place, the bad place, probably. Mm-hmm. They would have to people. play it to you. They would play it for you in um, the good place. I know they would. For eternity. You would have such a happy happy podcast we don't that's why we kind of lighten it up a lot you have to because if you don't laugh you cry see i like that 
you know. And, oh, we get so many dings on that, though, with reviews. And how can you, it's somebody's, we understand that it's somebody's life. And it's, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't even want to go into that. So, but it's hard. Mom, but I have okay. to laugh. We have to be. That's why we keep the bloopers on. It's kind of like the uh, sorbet after a meal to cleanse your palate. The I bloopers like at the end. Mm-hmm. What is sorbet? Is that sherbet? Sherbet. Well, kind of. It's yeah, like a sherbet. It's a. Uh, I guess it's an iced fruit, shredded or not shredded, um, shaved. Hell if I know, Glenn. I just don't be word. coming on. Don't be coming on my pants <laughs> podcast with all your St. Louis fancy talk. My fancy talk. I'm educated. <laughs> yeah, no, it's some kind of fruit ice cream without the cream. Hell if I know. I just know the word. And I'll say it, damn it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell it. I'm going to say it, and I'll suggest you get it. Well, Jen, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I really, I love being really here. I'm sorry it. I'm not very in, I'm not exciting like Camille or Cam. I, I've been friends with her too long to keep calling her Cam. Well, but, um, I mean, I didn't have to stop you from going to a certain place in the podcast <laughs> like no this went off the rails completely yeah no but i love cam that she's hilarious and i mean the whole thing with the you know the porn at the end uh-huh. was like the icing on the cake oh you know? yeah oh we talked about it in one of our uh podcasts too we mentioned oh, it we brought it up you got your digs in yeah hey i'm telling you you and cam are two peas in a pod i'll just put it that way you guys are a lot alike that's probably why I like you so much. No, thank you. But I love you, and I love the I love podcast. You too. And I'm glad that you. we met. That's all. Thing. Thought, Go ahead. This was fate. See, it was fate that we all did a podcast and we met. See, good fate. Good fate. See, yeah, mm-hmm. that's good fate. But there's it bad fate, fate too. But I'm not going to well, go back into that. We're not going to talk about bad fate. <laughs> Only good fate. Be a Pollyanna, Glenn. All right. Well, I've your got, whole attitude. I've got to go because I need to go. It's my fate to go to the bathroom right now. So. Oh, yeah. I've got to go get my daughter from hanging on the ceiling with their silks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, love you, Jen. I love you too, Glenn. Love everybody uh, else out there. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Uh, wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that a, isn't Jen a cool lady? You guys should all definitely go check out our true crime podcast. You can just Google it. I mean, these people are everywhere. They're professional. They actually have a good sounding podcast and I mean, it's edited and it's nothing like this. I appreciate Jen and Cam both taking time out of their schedules to ramble with me about things. So yeah, check them out. Totally. So that about wraps it up for me today. Stick a fork in me. I'm out of here, you know, as it says in the book of something or another. But uh, I appreciate everybody listening today. If you want to support this podcast, uh, you just can, you know, I guess. <laughs> I don't, I mean, you know what, how this works. Um, if you're still listening at this point, you know, well, I listen to it and leave it a review. That's cool. If you do, that's awesome. If you don't, that's cool too. You can follow me on social media. Um, I'm not very active 
uh, as you heard in the phone call, I haven't been very active on social media um, because I find it hard, like I find it hard to promote myself, you know. I just do for this podcast because it's not like, oh, listen to this, it's so good, it's so good, you've got to hear it because it's not and I know that it's not. I'm not being down on myself or rough on myself because it's not so much that I think that I couldn't do a better podcast. It's just that I don't want to <laughs> because it's it's fun to do what I'm doing. It, it's just, it's, uh, that's why I started this, you know, and I think that some people see the humor in what I do. And uh, I do appreciate the people that follow me on social media and that listen, though. I do appreciate that. I just don't like to look at my phone um, constantly. It's just not who I am. I get caught up in it. Oh, look at all these words. People are putting words everywhere and I've got to read all these words. No, I don't got to read all those words all the time. I'm not going to tell you how great I am. You know? Because you should, if you listen to me, you'll just figure that out on your own, right? That's right, Glenn. You is smart. But I hope that everybody has a great weekend or a great week if you're listening to this Monday morning on your commute to work. Go kill it, savages. All right, guys. I'll holler at you next week. Peace out.